0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Pruvar. And, you know, Penn State made a splash move last week on Friday, late week news, firing Kurt Scirocco and bringing um, Mike Yursich, the uh, former offensive coordinator at Texas. And typically, Penn State doesn't do that. You know, they, they have these guys in place for years at a time or they promote from within like they did with Ricky Ronnie after Joe Moore had left to go to um, be the head coach at Mississippi State and then you look at at this and and is there for a year and it was a year that you know you had a million built in excuses between the lack of preparation the lack of off season covid the season being delayed the in- installations on zoom and then this lacks of success on the field. You start out 0-5 and you're terrible. And then you win four games in a row and play your best football at the end of the season when your quarterback is playing better. Your receivers are playing better. Your running game is actually um is actually real. You know, and and now now he's looking for a job, and I don't think that he'll struggle to find an offensive coordinator position or any type of co- coaching position. Uh Chirac is very good at what he does. I, I just don't think that he was the right fit at Penn State, and and that's okay. That's going to happen. I don't think he was the number one guy to begin with. I think that was Yursich, but in 2019, um, you know, you look at you look at where Yursich was, he was with Ohio State who, is, who was playing um, in the national championship game um this year, but he was the quarterbacks coach and and passing game coordinator for the Buckeyes in two thousand nineteen when Justin fields ended up as a heisman finalist so I, I the rumor is that Ohio State blocked that interview request and and I'm sure rightfully so because why would you want them want him to go to uh, somebody in your own conference, let alone the same division. So I think that was a big factor in why he didn't end up at Penn State, and then he went to Texas, where he made a hundred or he made one point seven million dollars, um, to be the offensive coordinator under Tom Tom Herman. Um, now that staff was let go uh, just a short time ago, a few a uh, few weeks ago, and it opened up the opportunity for Franklin to get him back. And I think, you know, you go there and. And you look at uh, kind of some signs throughout the throughout the season, especially at the end of the season, the offense was very, very plain Jane, very vanilla, um, and it was kind of like the bare minimum. There weren't, it wasn't these exotic concepts, and a lot of that is just mastering, you know, what you're good at, and and could it be that there was some there was some tension there with Sir- Shiraka? and there was a couple times when he would talk that. It, you get the hint that there was just not a comfort level that was ever attained there. And and that's very possible with the way that things were. Not being able to be around the staff um, the way that they they typically are. James Franklin, since he got to, to Happy Valley, has always preached being a family and having these guys, their kids, their wives, their families, in the Lash building, in the football complex, over to his house. And that just wasn't possible in 2020 with everything that went on. So I think that was that that could have been an issue. But I just don't think there was that comfort level. And when Franklin sees the opportunity to go get a guy like Yursich, who's had success as a coordinator, as a play caller, um, everywhere that he's been, dating back to his days in in, in the NAIA, you know, it's a good situation. Um, and and you go out and you and you pay him what he. Pay him what you can, and, and they got him there. So it was a very big surprise. Um, I can't say that I expected anything like that to happen, but lo and behold, here we are talking about it on the We Are podcast uh, on DK Sports Radio. So you look at your sitch and his journey to become a... to become an offensive coordinator at, at the Power 5 level has been nothing short of spectacular. Um, and I'm sure someday this will make a great book. But... You look at his career. He played it at Mountain Union, um, an illustrious football school at the D three level, home of our Noah Hiles on uh, on DK Sports Radio, Uh, his former his alma mater. So you look at that. He played it. He played at Mountain Union. He then went to Cal U of Pennsylvania. So right there's some PSAC action. He goes from there. Uh, he was playing days. He, started, he he coaches NAIA at St. Francis in Indiana. Not St. Francis of PA, or St. Francis of New York. A little shout-out to to the NEC. But he ends up coaching at Edinburgh. He coaches then at Shippensburg, and that's where Mike Gundy finds him. He coaches the Division Two equivalent of the Heisman, and Mike Gundy finds him. He finds a guy that he wants... To to direct his offense, but not just direct his offense, but stay there, because when you're in a power five level, or when you're at the power five level, you're going to take that opportunity to go run a program. You're going to take that opportunity if you want to be a head coach to go and and, and mold your own program, um, both as a challenge and as a competition. So Gundy finds them. They talk. They talk football, um, and then the next thing you know, he's now gone from Shippensburg to Oklahoma State in, in a matter of just months, so in, in weeks, and, and it's it goes from there, uh, he ends up at Ohio State in a lesser role, but more money than what he made at Oklahoma State, now goes to Texas, and then now he ends up back in Pennsylvania with James Franklin and company in Happy Valley. So that that career arc is incredible. So I think that that to me is fascinating in itself, but at the same time, it speaks volumes to the to the job that he's been able to do at every step that he's got, that he's taken. He's had success everywhere. You know, the offense under you know in his career, his offenses have had averaged about six six and a half yards per play, which is first among offensive coordinators since two thousand thirteen, and fourteen yards per completion. Which is first among Power Five offensive coordinators in that time frame? They've scored his offenses since two thousand thirteen, since he ended up at at Oklahoma State, and they have scored fifty times, to- fifty or more points, twenty six times, and forty or more points, fifty one times, um, which is fifty percent of the games he's coached. Both are are top, and they average about sixty one and a half touchdowns per year. So granted that's the big 12. Big 12 defense is bigger than Big 10 defense, don't get me wrong, uh statistically speaking. But at the same time, it's a situation where he's had success. So you bring that track record to um to bi- to the Big 10, to Penn State, and you're you're hoping for the best. You're hoping that that he can build on what they were able to accomplish late in the season, um despite all the issues. And when you're able to do that, I think that's going to speak volumes with what they've got um, coming back. So they've got the opportunity now with Clifford coming back, with Kevon Lee coming back, with Will Levis coming back. Are we going to have more of a Will Levis package? Who knows if the Falcon will return. But you also have Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington, Brenton Strange, and, and some of the, and, and the offense, I think, is, is not short on playmakers. This might be one of the most talented offenses they've had in quite some time. So it'll be interesting to see what Yursich is able to to accomplish in year one. Now, we don't know how the spring is going to go. We just don't. We don't know if it's going to um, involve spring ball. We don't know what's going to happen. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out and how big of an impact that is developmentally for this offense moving forward in the off season. But until then, it's Yursich's show and it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds this spring. Now, my dear Stitch, that news was Friday. All right, that was the weekend, and, and that wasn't the only news to come out. Um, you know, you talk about uh, qu- coaches, and it looks like just prior to the national championship game Monday night, Bill O'Brien, former head coach at Penn State, uh, has taken the offensive coordinator position at Alabama, vacated by Steve Sarkeesian, who is now the head coach at Texas, where Yursich is coming from. So a nice little couple six degrees of separation um, linking Penn State, Alabama, Bill O'Brien, and Texas in one um, one full circle. But a big, a big thing that happened to Penn State after the weekend is Jaquan Brisker uh, coming back for another year. Um, he was a junior college transfer out of Lackawanna Community College uh, in Pennsylvania. He's a gateway guy. Uh, shout out to to um, Pitt, the Pittsburgh area. But he had he had an, an intriguing year um, where you know you look at it. And he ended up first team all American for, for Pro Football Focus, and you know that's I think an awesome accomplishment. You look statistically, and it it didn't seem that that way. Uh, he was third team all Big Ten, but but you know he did he got the job done, and that's that's what's the most important thing. But him returning to the secondary gives them himself. Uh, Tariq Castro-Fields, who has started for Penn State in the past and has a, a multitude of experience, you've also got Justin, um, or I'm sorry, Joey Porter Jr. You've got Keaton Ellis, you've got Marquise Wilson, you've got a bunch of different op- options in that defensive backfield that's going to allow you to play some quality football if you can get pressure, if you can get. Um, up front, the way that you need it to go. the 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 linebackers I think are going to be talented. They're going to be there for another an extra year, so I think that experience is going to 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 speak volumes uh, in the grand scheme of things. Now, it's not certain whether Lamont Wade uh, will be back for for another year with this at with this extra year or however you want to look at it. But he's a guy. Lamont Wade is a guy that could. Ultimately, transfer and play on the offensive side of the football because you look at a guy like that. If Penn State wouldn't be interested, and I think offensively, I don't know that there really would be anywhere to fit him. You just kind of be shoehorning him into something that that might not be a, a comfortable situation, um, but also causing costing reps to to guys that could could warrant them as well. But Wade is a is a monster with the ball in his hands. We saw that on the on a couple of kickoffs. Um, down the stretch this season one was returned for a touchdown so you look at stuff like that and and even if he doesn't return as a safety you look at the defensive backfield and they've got a lot of talent returning uh in 2021 so that I think is going to speak volumes now one of the guys that's been rumored to who've been thinking about leaving is of course one of the coaches and that is Tim Banks so whether they're as a different coach there or not it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out because there's still so much left um, to kind of figure out. You, you don't know what you're going to get, like I said um, in the first segment, from spring ball uh, or if there is going to be spring ball. So you hope that that would be some sort of normalcy. You would hope that that would be a thing. But you know what? Anything is possible at this point. So if you get that opportunity, then you go into spring ball and there's an opportunity for these people to end up being – to transferring to to transfer to to opt out to do this to do that when they realize that maybe they aren't getting the reps that they deserve or that they want or that they feel they that they've warranted. So you know, getting stuff like that, I think is and figuring that out is going to be important too. And Penn State has done a great job in the portal, as we've talked about. So so having that, they they continue to have success in the 2022 uh, recruiting class, like we've talked about uh, in previous weeks. So. You know, getting a guy like Brisker back, I think, is going to do do very well, ensuring um, up that defense. Now, they did have a lot of communication issues in the, in the defensive backfield. They had a lot of, um, they had definitely a lot of lack of execution um, in many areas with missed coverages, and blown assignments, and and things of that nature. Um, but you know, you get situations like that, then. You know, you you have to with experience, it it helps. You you learn the defense, and and Brent Prize defense is complex. You know, it, it's a rush, a rush type defense. They they blitz heavy, uh, delayed blitz. It's it's just a situation where you have to be prepared and know your assignments. And when you don't, you have you give up the the big play. Like they've done a very good job of in recent memory. But getting, like I said, getting a guy like Brisker back is going to be huge. It's experience. He's played rather well at Penn State in his two years there. I think his senior year was a step above uh, what he accomplished as a junior, and just getting more comfortable with that, uh, playing at the at an elite level. And when that happens, man, things can get special. And I think this defense has an opportunity if they do things right. Um, they could be a pretty special defense. I don't think that you're going to have the issues where they're blowing twenty one points in a quarter. Um, Anymore, I, I think they're going to be able to to start fast, to start and play complimentary football in the first five games of the season, and not wait until the final four. You know, you're in it with an offense that that can be capable of, of moving the ball and moving the ball well. I think it's going to to only help them because they need to do they need to spend much less time on the field than they did you know at certain points this season. So. How it plays out, I think, is to be determined. But Brisker in that secondary, I think, with that experience, it's only going to help them. Um, you look at a Tari- Tari- Castro Fields, and he's a guy that could play, you know, multiple positions. There and there, there should be potentially um, some position changes as well, from offense to defense or, or vice versa. I would expect maybe a guy like Cam Sullivan Brown, who's become the odd man out at receiver. To potentially jump ship to the defensive side of the football, maybe in the defensive backfield, I think where he would be a good fit. So you get something like that, and and that changes the complexity of the defense too. It changes just how how it they can use guys in certain situations. So Brisker being back, I think, is big, and you you get those opportunities, and and I think that's gonna that's gonna help propel. Penn State into that upper echelon, they're not too far away from being one of the elite teams again in college football. You have the experienced quarterback. Now, granted, Sean Clifford takes a lot of flack, but now he's on his fourth fourth offensive coordinator in five years. You know, you have you go from Moorhead to Ronnie to Sharaka to to Yursich. Maybe it not maybe it isn't a Sean Clifford. Maybe that's not the issue. But you look at these guys and it and it's a situation where now you've got you've got the tools offensively and you hope that you have your offensive coordinator in place. Hopefully it's more than a year. Hopefully they can have some sustainability on the offensive side of the football. But you look at that and then you get on the defensive side. Yeah, you lose a little bit up front, but I think you have enough youth and and talent at that at the defensive line positions where you can get away with it now, all right? You have the opportunity defensively at linebacker I think with a lot of experience too so you have an experienced defense an experienced and explosive offense and I think this is going to set up for Penn State for a very very successful 2021 if things go their way now like we found out in 2020 it doesn't always work that way so whether that happens or not I think uh, is is to be determined but until then right now on paper. Penn State looks like it could be one of the more competitive teams, not just in the Big Ten and the Big Ten East, but I think they have a very good opportunity to challenge Ohio State as one of the elite teams in the country. I think they could be knocking on the door to the college football playoff if things go the right way, if they are able to avoid the injury bug and continue to build on what they started to lay down as their foundation in 2020. But until then, it's to be determined. But I thank you, as always, for listening to the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio. This has been your host, Jared Prugar, and I hope you have an amazing rest of the week.